Hello and welcome back to, uh, what is this called? Hitchcock Chronologically, uh, the podcast where I, Jeff, go through every one of Alfred Hitchcock's movies in the order they were released. And right now I am going just insane watching silent movie after silent movie. And I'm not done yet. There's three more after this one. Uh, but I, I actually, this is going to be an interesting review. I uh, saw some things in this movie that uh, disturbed me a little bit, being that it's a movie from the 20s, uh, that this could totally happen. Um, there were some things that were questionable, not even questionable. There were some things that were outright racist in this movie. And I wanted to uh, get an opinion other than just my own on some things because i'll be honest after i saw this movie i was kind of deflated a bit about my enthusiasm uh for this podcast um uh, so i i brought in a friend uh reuniting from the every comedy ever podcast i did uh it is my dear friend uh host of i just want to talk queen mother herself it's lakendra reunited and it feels so good i couldn't help it I, I turned away from the microphone so people didn't have to hear it as loud. <laughs> hey, Jeff. Hey. So full transparency, uh, because of quarantine, Lakendra and I have mostly been communicating over IM, so it's good to hear your voice. I agree. I, I absolutely agree. And I think at that point, I need to apologize for not just picking up the phone and being like, hey, Jeff, how you doing? Because I really do consider you like a real friend and not just like a play play friend. So, uh-huh. so I think it's, it's that some, mutual, sometimes that. I just lose, you know, I just don't think about it. So Jeff, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm bad about it too. I have a, a friend uh, uh, that, you know, Ernesto, he's a friend of mine and he's really good about staying in touch. And I'm, I'm the other way around. I, I just forget. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so he'll text me and I'll say, oh yeah, I, my bad. So no worries here. Cause I'm definitely, uh, that's the thing that always gets me. You ever have someone say, how come you don't call? Well, how come you don't call? <laughs> Your phone works. Right. So I could not be uh, in any way mad at you. Uh, so, Lakendra, I uh, I don't know how there's only two episodes. At the, so I'm recording these in advance. And uh, today is the 15th of January. Now, mm-hmm. this is going to come out on February 3rd. Oh, Black okay. History Month. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and Monday, in our time here in this time bubble, not when it comes out, but the Monday after we record this is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did not plan this. It just happened. Okay. Because the first handful of movies, there wasn't anything that I would call particularly problematic. Sure, the cast is primarily white. There were mm-hmm. a handful of people of color in the movie. Um, but they were mostly ancillary, you know, in the background, uh, played very minor roles, if any at all. So I'm going to detail the plot of this and feel free to interject as much as you want. Okay. But there are going to be two specific scenes uh, that I want to talk about. And Jeff just wants to talk. I do. I just want to talk. And I so I think about every comedy ever, and I don't know that that idea for a podcast was really what would give you and I the best conversations where I think like we did our podcast about mental health, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, therapy, Jesus and cupcakes. And, uh, and I think 
this sort of thing around race relations, I think is something we can have a very good conversation about and something that um, we both are passionate about. So anyway, that was just the thought I had that this definitely feels more like even ground, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I dig it. I dig it. Well, it doesn't take long for this movie to get racist. So uh, this is called The Ring. Uh, And if you search The Ring and you try to find out where you can watch this, guess what it pulls up? What does it pull up, Jeff? It pulls up the horror movie The Ring. You can't find it. Oh. So I did find it on YouTube and, uh, or excuse me, uh, not on YouTube. And most of the ones that have been hard to find through what I would call legitimate sources. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been able to find on YouTube. This isn't even there. So I found it on a website called Daily Motion, which is like a YouTube wannabe. Never I hope they're not it. listening. Maybe they want to be a sponsor. <laughs> Uh, it was on Daily Motion, a fantastic website uh, with incredible something. Anyway, uh, so this is a boxing movie, but so far, a lot of these Hitchcock movies have just been love triangles. Okay. Now, you're not, I, you wouldn't call yourself a Hitchcock fan, just in general. I would not. Have you seen any of his movies? No. Okay, so, but knowing the name, what genre movie just pops into your head? Well, honestly, knowing the name and listening to your podcast last week, I really, um, I pictured like a a general hospital type of scene in my head. Very whitewashed and soap opera-ish. Yeah, well, okay. So you've pretty much nailed what this early silent era of Hitchcock is. Because he's known for more uh, suspense and and tension and even horror to a degree. Uh, but these love triangles, uh, and I think soap opera is actually the perfect way to put it, has been pretty much the plot of all of these. Mm-hmm. Now, you said the last episode, was that the uh, the pleasure garden with the ghost? No, the um, the one I listened to, maybe it wasn't the last one then, Jeff. Um, it was about um, this lady who was trying to be an actress, and then she kind of used this other lady. Then her husband had this girl across the water, uh, like a mistress. That he oh, was yeah, a, the, the pleasure one. garden. Oh, that was the same thing? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, because my new episode just came out earlier, and I wasn't sure if you had listened to it yet. But um, there's a, a song at the end of that episode I wrote, so... Definitely going to want to check that out. Oh, great. Yeah, it's good. I've gotten a lot of positive. I've gotten feedback. Okay. Okay. Uh, So we have a love triangle and, um, but this movie starts off at like a carnival sort of place where there's rides, roller coasters. uh, And really right out of the gate, I'm like, oh Lord. There is a dunk tank. Are you familiar with the dunk tank? Yeah. Uh, so the dunk tank, uh, the man sitting on it is a black man. Okay. And absolutely everyone in the crowd is white. And two kids come up and they're throwing eggs, it looks like, at this guy. And they're laughing. And there's this weird thing where there's a close-up of this guy's face and it looks like a black guy. And then there's another cut where it looks like a white guy in black face. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) 
immediately I'm like, oh, God. So I think the conversation I want to have is, yes, this is the 1920s. Mm -hmm. And I guess people didn't know better, but and maybe they and they definitely should have. But how do I, as someone who likes Hitchcock, generally speaking, his films, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. go forward with a podcast that has this in his back catalog? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and I think I can I can help you with that, Jeff, because okay. So this is the way I have to explain it. So in church, <laughs> my pastor taught us that when we're reading the Bible, we have to do something that's called the five point question and answer rule. Whereas you have to identify who wrote the book, who are they writing to, when did they write it, what was going on during the time they write, just these points you have to you have to identify. So I will ask you to do the same thing with Hitchcock. What was the time frame that he was writing these these films? What was going on in the nineteen twenties? did uh were black people still heavily oppressed more so than we are now and then just understand his point of view i'm not saying it's right by any means however mm -hmm. what i do know is that in the 1920s um there was just a certain belief and uh socioeconomic system where black people were not um held in high regard at all so i think that he wrote during a time period where he wrote what he knew and what he knew at mm -hmm. the time was is that black people were used as entertainment or as help. So I don't think that, um, I think he, like I said, he wrote what he knew. So I don't think for you as a, as a fan of his work, I wouldn't say, oh, just because you watch a Hitchcock film, that means you identify or agree with the things that he wrote about. Because I know for you personally, I know for you that you can, you can separate that stuff. So I think, um, I definitely think you can move forward, just understand the time period of which the film was written. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Does, does that help though? Uh, it for sure does. And I, and part of it is, is that I also wanted to say, well, I'm not going to run away from it or ignore it, mm -hmm. but rather to say, let's point it out and right. say, here it is. Here's the blemish because... There's something that happens, and I and I don't know how you feel about this, but there, um, there's like almost like an eraser that is trying to be applied to pop culture of the past to say, okay, we can have that. Like, are you familiar with the movie The Song of the South from Disney? Jeff, why do you always ask me if I'm familiar with a movie? I, listen, okay, all right, you know, hey, I didn't want to assume you were. Or we're not. You can usually assume I'm not. Okay. Well, Song of the South is this movie that is not a good thing. <laughs> it's basically the dark secret in Disney's back catalog, but it was about uh, a slave who enjoyed the slave life and was happy with the family he worked with. I've not actually seen it, but that's my understanding of it. And mm -hmm. it actually featured the uh, the song you've heard of, Zippity Doodah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That comes from this movie. And so a lot of things, I think, I'm trying to think of another example, but there were times where things like this were taken out of old movies. And then, so you get, let's just say like a movie from the 80s and they've kind of cleaned out those things that are problematic and they put it out there where 
is I'm kind of the mind, maybe we should leave that stuff in to see where we've come from. Mm-hmm. I and agree with that. To not rewrite history. Yeah, I think that, um, so the phrase that you use of uh, trying to erase stuff, I don't think that, I don't think we should. I think when you try to erase stuff, um, you want to make it seem like, when, you, when you're writing something with a pencil and you erase it, you've made a mistake and you want to rewrite the correct thing. And, and, and isn't that the, the whole premise of a pencil? But when you're doing that with history, you're trying to say, oh, we didn't do that. This is what we want you to believe or what we want you to remember. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that. And that's the part I don't agree with. Um, I don't agree with trying to erase, quote unquote, something and to replace it with either nothing or what you want people to believe or to remember. So I definitely right. think that there is um, benefit. I don't want to really say value, maybe. I don't know. But I, I think that we should absolutely leave those things in history because we have to confront those things in history. And I think that because there's been a large majority of us who have not confronted our history is why we are in the state that we're in in the present. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, that sometimes that blotting out, I think that what I'm talking about specifically with culture is it's people trying to come from a good place to say, hey, people shouldn't see these racist things. I think they're trying to do good, but then there's another kind of blotting out, which is covering your tracks. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. you can see that with like politics and American history. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I'm kind of the mind and it sounds like you're too, that let's let our, uh, our shortcomings of our past be there. Let's look back on them and learn from them as opposed to saying, we can't defend people with these things. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm making sense. No, you're making sense. But here's the thing. We haven't blotted out slavery. Right. That's one of the most like ugliest things in American history, but we don't blot that out. We only blot out the stuff that white people don't want us to to remember. Mm -hmm. So you have to be, I mean, I think that we have to be cognizant of the things that we're trying to blot out or erase and why we're trying to do that. Um, Who who's benefiting from that? Right. The, The oppressor or the oppressed. And I think the majority of the time it's the oppressor who benefits, not necessarily the oppressed. I I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And definitely in. uh, All right. (laughs) I wasn't going to go here, but we'll see what happens. Go there, Jeff. um, So things like. um, Just to get your opinion, like on uh, some of the things that have come out about. Uh, Aunt Jemima and Uncle mm, Ben mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. people not using these mascots anymore. Uh, uh-huh. What do you have opinion on that? Or I think it's the same thing. Um, I think it's it's one of those. Th- well, let me let me say it like this. I do think it's the same thing. I think it's um, a brand that realizes that we shouldn't be using this depiction of a black person in this manner. And we're going to, uh, I don't think they're blotting it out, though. I think they are uh, actively correcting something that started again back in the time when that was acceptable. And mm-hmm. over time, it's just one of those things like this is how we've always done it kind of things. And they've left it alone. But then when it, when it start, when other things in society start to happen and it helps you or not helps you, but forces you to look at what you're doing and look at your business and like, oh, snap. For the past however many long years, we've had this slave <laughs> as the mm-hmm. as the mascot, quote unquote, for our brand. That's not cool. 
So um, I think that you have people that are correcting their actions that happened long time ago. But it does make you wonder what would have happened had last summer not been last mm-hmm. summer. Uncle Ben and Auntie yep. Mama still would have been the forefront of those brands. And quite honestly, Jeff, black people didn't care. Not because, right. and I hate to say we didn't care, but I mean, I guess we didn't make it a big thing. And I think it was just the same mindset. That's just what it always was. We were buying Uncle Ben's. Mm-hmm. We were buying Auntie Mama. We knew those were slaves on the boxes. We never said anything. Why? I don't know. It may absolutely been. This is just how it's always been. This is how it's always happened. But I do commend those brands and those businesses who have looked at those depictions and be like, okay, this is wrong. We need to to change our actions. Um, and then there are some things that we were talking about. The uh, our football team here in Gainesville, the the Gators, and one of their chants that they do at mm-hmm. almost every football game. And one of yeah. one of our friends said, you know, that's their favorite chant. Then they stopped doing it because. It originated with, you know, a very um, unfortunate um, action that happened to black babies. And so they, they stopped doing mm-hmm. it. But it's like, oh, yeah. you know, what <laughs> that was my favorite. But it's wrong. So. Right. And and there's and people like me, I saw because I we're in a text group together and um, our, our friend Derek Sir Flame uh, had sent that they were going to stop doing this. And I didn't even know that it was problematic that there was this source uh or, or i should say this root of mm-hmm. um racism in it that i just thought uh you know hey we're gonna chew up the competition they're gator bait and mm-hmm. um you know and i just like yeah what's wrong with that i mean obviously we're not condoning violence but we're just that's what you do in a sports game right you're gonna you're an alligator you're going to chip the competition. Gator bait. Right. And that's that's all I had ever thought of it. So it, it actually kind of was like, oh, really? And um, I had no idea it had those that sort of connotation. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, I think um, unless you want to sit through a review of a silent movie. Well, uh, I want to know what, I, other, I, what other racist points okay. were in the movie. So there was really only one other one. Uh, and I don't know how much of a conversation we have about it, but basic, uh, the this movie is a boxing movie, and at one point the main character is kind of working up the ranks to fight the champ, you know, mm-hmm. and he has to beat uh, the uh, one opponent who his promoter says the N word. You just have to beat the N word, and then you can face the champion. And uh, and of course, this is a silent movie. So it's on text on the screen. So there's no mishearing or mistaking uh, what was said and the context it was said in. And that was just after kind of processing the opening scene in the movie, mm-hmm. getting that. And it was just like, oh, that's actually about what I was like. I need to talk to Lakendra. <laughs> I don't feel good about this. Oh, goodness. There was another. It was another movie I was thinking about when you were saying that. I can't remember if it was Django or some other movie. Was Django the uh, one that had a boxing scene in it too? Uh, it, it, boxing's a strong word. It was more of like a. It's like a dog fight, though. Almost just brutal. Like a wrestling match to the death. But is it comparable? Not not the actual, I guess, physical action. But is that kind of like what was in the movie that you were watching? Uh, no, this was just 
the the actual it was just said you don't actually see the boxing match uh that specific one I mean, this is just regular mike tyson pugilism in mm, this movie okay, okay am i understanding you yes yes okay mm-hmm. yeah, but that was it it, it was um, not to minimize but that's kind of the second part of it the rest of it just deals with this love triangle and it's very boring the rest of the movie so <laughs> It's oh. not good. I it, it's real bad, and I cannot wait to get through the silent movies. So, and I was going to ask you. So, what what drew you into Hitchcock? Uh, so great question. Um, I think that it actually was a ride at Universal when I was a teenager or younger. Even uh, my mom on spring break would always take us to theme parks. And so Universal was the one we went to uh, before they had Islands of Adventure and they had a Hitchcock section. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, and we just, you know, you ride everything when you go enough and it's not really even a ride. Uh, but the, it starts off, you go into a room and there's like a host and he's telling you what's going to go on and you get a volunteer and the volunteer goes in the back and then you go and you sit down in a cinema and you watch a 3d version of birds um, which is kind of cool if you don't, that was back when 3d wasn't like always happening. And so it's kind of neat. But then the next section was this sort of retelling of the movie psycho, uh, and how it was made. And they did like a stage show of it. And something about that, like scared me a little bit, some of the imagery, mm-hmm. and it made me want to watch the movie. Uh, psycho. Okay. And so I watched the movie and I was like, in it was one of those things I'm at that age where scary kind of was like, let me watch it again. Maybe I won't be as scared, you know, like it was kind of that. And then I was like, well, I actually really like this movie. And then I just started bridging out and watching like North by Northwest and vertigo and some of his other movies. And up until I started this podcast, uh, I liked pretty much everything I'd seen. You said until you started this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, my friend Elliot was, uh, it, it, we were having a text chat and he's like, yeah, the only thing I've seen from him is birds. I said, up until I started this podcast, birds was my least favorite Hitchcock movie. Uh, but now I have many more to choose from. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I um, I, I know I said I was going to try to watch the movie that we're speaking about tonight, but I, I don't, don't think I no. will. Um. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to propose. And 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 it, this had been in my mind beforehand that uh, Hitchcock actually directed a comedy many years later. So this is way down in the life of this podcast. Should I make it there? Uh, but a movie called The Trouble with Harry. Mm-hmm. And I figured, who else to review a, a Hitchcock comedy with than the co-host of every comedy ever? You know what, Jeff? What I would love to do? Could we watch it together and like record, like do a, a visual? A commentary? <laughs> yeah, like seriously. I mean, you can still make it a podcast, like chop up the, the audio and make it a podcast. But uh, I think that like people seeing us watch a movie together and our reactions, I think that would be really dope. I would have to figure that out from a technical level. But like I said, this is many months away. Well, then so, we have time to figure it out is what I just heard you say. Yeah, I have a, I have a much better computer now, so I could probably uh, work out a way even if we did it over like a Zoom or something. Yeah. Yeah. COVID's going to COVID and we can't do it yet. COVID's going to COVID. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> it sure is. Yeah. Well, I don't blame you for not watching a silent movie. The novelty has worn off for me completely. And the next one I have to watch is the longest silent movie in his repertoire. So. Okay, Jeff, I don't want to talk about the boring silent movie if it's not going to be a good movie review. Well, it, I think there will be plenty for you to, because uh, there's, I, I'm hoping I'm going to make it entertaining. Because the movie is bad, it's boring, but I also feel like we've covered uh, everything, and I feel like if I started reviewing it, I would just be talking at you, and um, that you would just be sitting there like, all right, Jeff, I've got <laughs> literally anything else to do right now. I believe you, and I trust you, my friend. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Lakendra. Jeff, this was, I've missed this and I did not realize mm -hmm. how much I missed it until we started talking. Well, let's, let's do another episode of your show or even start a podcast where we just talk about social stuff. Cause I think that you're, you have a, a lot to add and your, uh, your takes are always balanced and, um, from a, a good place and I can always hear them. So if you don't listen to um I just want blanking. to talk. Uh, I just want to talk. <laughs> You're missing the chance to be challenged. Uh there are a lot of times where I turn off your podcast. I don't turn off, but your your episode ends and I'm like, "Jeff, you got to do better, bud. Like you need to be on the lookout for like after the George Floyd thing happened, mm -hmm. you put a, a, a you put an episode out that was like, "What am I going to do?" Like me, I stopped listening. I'm like, what is Jeff going to do about this? And it, so if, if you want to be challenged, uh, I do recommend listening to, I just want to talk. You're also going to laugh because Lakendra is hilarious. Uh, and she brings a lot of Southern charm oh, thanks, to Jeff. her pod that I, that I really enjoy. So I am honored by those words. I really appreciate it. And yes, you all, you should listen to I Just Want to Talk and it can be found on any major podcasting application that you probably already have downloaded on your phone. Almost assuredly. Uh, did you want to plug a Twitter account or anything? Or? Oh, sure, Jeff. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. So if you would like to talk further with me, you can reach me on all of the major social media sites, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching my handle at Lakendra Speaks. That's at Lakendra S-P-K-S or you can go to my website at lakendragarrison.com. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you, Lakendra. My pleasure. So welcome back. I, I do want to thank Lakendra again for uh, coming on the podcast and just bringing her perspective on uh, really just systemic racism, <laughs> and especially in old movies and, and, and dealing with the past while looking towards the future. So thank you, Lakendra. Now I am left with one thing to do, and that is recap and review 1927's The Ring. And just a peek behind the curtain, it's been a while since I recorded one of these because I had banked basically all my episodes before this right away. So I've taken a touch of a break from silent movies uh, since uh, watching The Ring. So my memory may not be quite as fresh, and that's okay because I took some fairly good notes also this episode's already long enough anyway so let's let's dive in like i said this is another love triangle 
that seems to permeate these early Hitchcock movies that just it feels like every movie's the same thing. It's just a love triangle. And I uh, read forward and I hope I'm not repeating myself because I've, it's again been so long since I've recorded that we have more to look forward to until we get to the, the sound era. Uh, first thing I had. Uh, found this movie on a website called Daily Motion, and the print was not good. Uh, the print, the beginning, the left side of the screen was kind of gone. It overlapped into that negative space. Uh, and and these are shot in 4.3. Uh, so if you don't know what that is, that's the old uh, square television style. You know, nowadays everything is 16 by 9, which is your widescreen. So... This predated widescreen cinemas. And like I said, the, the, some of the text kind of trickles off the screen, but I was able to read it and it didn't honestly get in the way of following a story that, uh, frankly, I've been told before by Hitchcock. Uh, so uh, this does, again, start at a carnival where there is a fighter named Round One because he knocks everyone out in Round One. And basically people are paying money to go one round with round one and see if anyone can, can go the distance. So think the uh, famous scene from the Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire where he's in the ring with Bonesaw and, uh, you know, he has to last a certain amount of time. Uh, so we're going to refer to this boxer's round one. He's one of the protagonists. So one of the protagonists uh, is also working at this carnival for the promoter of this uh, boxing challenge for the people. And her name is Mabel, and she is currently in a relationship with round one. But she starts to make googly eyes almost immediately at another man in the crowd uh, who goes by the name of Bob Corby. And Bob decides to pay to box round one and... He goes past round one, and it's clear that not only is he going to be able to go past round one, but he's giving uh, round one, the boxer, a run for his money. Round one's real first name is, uh, or excuse me, his name is One Round, not round one. One Round is his name, and his real name is Jack Sander. Uh, so Bob and Jack continue to fight. Bob wins, right? He finally, one round has finally been defeated. And so already Mabel's like, okay, you know, he got knocked out and, uh, he starts moving in on, uh, Bob does anyway. I think his name, yeah. Bob starts moving in on Mabel. Mabel's not pushing away. Mabel's down. And this is our plot again. It's the simplest thing in the world. It's a boxing thing with a love triangle. And the story goes, as you might expect. Anyway, Bob becomes like a famous fighter. He, uh, they, he gets a promoter and he's winning championships. And the whole time, Jack is like kind of oblivious to the fact that his fiance is with Bob, this other boxer, all the time. And it's so interesting and weird that the nonchalance around adultery in these movies is just like weird that they kind of just ignore it or don't even recognize that it's a problem. There's a point where Bob has a bunch of friends over because he's starting to gain some notoriety as a boxer because he realizes that, hey, I lost the fight. Now my fiance slash wife is, I think they're just fiance at this point. 
Do they get married? I don't know. I think they got married. But anyway, she's just totally down with Bob. She even has a picture of Bob. She plays the piano and she has a picture of Bob on the piano. No picture of Jack. And uh, Jack's boys come over and they see this and they know what's going on. But Jack's just nuts. But eventually it kind of comes clear to him that that's the case. And so he wants to fight Bob in a boxing match to win his girl back. So he goes to the promoter to do this, and the promoter says, yeah, right, you're at the bottom of the card. You're a scrub when it comes to boxing, and Bob's at the top of the card. He's the champ. you got to work your way up. So he trains. You can see where this is going. He trains. He works his way up. And uh, the whole time, like, Mabel just is not even around Jack anymore. She's Basically, Bob is her, her man. There's a scene in this movie that I kind of think is funny. That's kind of brilliant in silent movies. Like, if you're a not a funny person and you have to write a funny joke for a character to say, that can be tough to do. Unless your movie's a silent film like this one, then you can just have the character mouth something, everyone around laughs like it's the funniest thing ever said, and boom, bada bing, you're done. And that's what happens in this movie. And I just thought that was interesting that it really actually can help with that sort of thing. In order for Bob, uh, Jack to try to stay relevant, he's going to try to be Bob's sparring partner. But in order to be a sparring partner, he has to win a trial match. He wins that trial match and to celebrate, he marries Mabel. So the whole time, and she's already with Bob and she's like, yeah, let's get married. I don't I, like, okay. It'd be one thing. If you fell for Bob while you're with Jack and you said, hey, I'm not really interested in you anymore. I'm with Bob. But that's not what happens. What happens is she dates Bob while Jack engages her and then they get married and she's still with Bob. Like at no point does it feel like she's interested in a monogamous relationship uh, at this wedding. Between Jack and Mabel, everyone looks pretty bored, even to the point where they cut to a guy picking his nose in the front row. Turns out he's the ring bearer, and he loses the ring, and he falls, and he finds it. The scene just goes on, and it's all predictable stuff. Now, this is an hour-and-a-half-long movie, and I'm finding it hard to find things to talk about in it, because it's just so boring, and there's not anything eventful outside of the racism I already addressed with Lakendra. It's a really boring movie. I, I, and I said last week with Mark that I think Hitchcock is getting worse. The more of these movies I watch, the worse they are. Is it because I'm going crazy watching silent movies? It could be, but I don't think so. Because Pleasure Garden was 70 minutes, if that. It was not boring. The Lodger wasn't boring. It was bizarre, but it wasn't boring. But ever since then, it's just been a slew of garbage. And it's not going to get any better because the next movie I have to watch is the longest silent movie in his, in his back catalog. This is going to be great. So we get to the final boxing match. And I had joked last week about the fact Mark was like, well, at least it's a bar, a boxing movie. So there'll be some good action. There isn't. Uh, now it is better than I thought it'd be like after comparing the fight that happens in downhill which is just terrible. 
it is better than that. And the boxing's fine, especially, you know, early cinema. It's fine. It's not amazing. It's not what you come for. It, I don't know why. I'm just trying to extend this out, but I know it's already good. So anyway, Jack wins. And Mabel immediately gets back with Jack. And she's like, oh, I was wrong all along. Now, if I'm Jack. And put yourself in Jack's shoes. If you're Jack and you're with someone, you get beat in a boxing match. And she hangs out with the dude who beat you until the day comes around where you finally beat that guy in a match. And she comes back to you. Is he going to retire now? Is he going to say, that's it, I'm done boxing? Because he can't, he can't risk losing again. Because Mabel is not going to be loyal to him. Because as soon as he loses, he's, she's out. I don't know what else to say about this movie. It was a waste of time. This, you just pass on this, move to the next one. You probably don't want to move to the next one. So the next movie came out in 1928. It is called The Farmer's Wife. This is available on Amazon Prime at the time of my recording. Should you want to watch it. It runs for two hours. And, and before I get to it, I'm just going to read you the synopsis. And you tell me if this sounds familiar. After his daughter weds, a middle-aged widower with a profitable farm, excuse me, with a profitable farm, decides to remarry but finds choosing a suitable mate a problematic process. Does that sound like a silent movie you want to sit two hours through? I don't want to, but I'm going to. And we're going to keep rolling. So we have three silent movies left. We've got The Farmer's Wife and then two more. I am in the home stretch but this next hill is going to be the big one to climb after this next one after the farmer's wife or the farmer's daughter or the farmer's head the farmer's wife i'm going to be on the downhill everything after that's going to be gravy we can hope hey maybe it'll surprise me i don't want to try to go in with a biased attitude but at this point that's where i'm at I want to thank you for listening to Hitchcock Chronologically. You can email me at hitchcockchronologically at gmail.com. Check in the notes. You'll see a Discord link to Budget Arcade. You can talk to me there. I'm, I'm always there. Also, uh, Mark from last week, he's in there too if you want to talk movies. And uh, boy, this was an eventful one. And I'll see you next week. This is Hitchcock Chronologically.